It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the BallQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products and Organic Remedies at Smoky Mountain Organics. Shop them online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com or visit one of their four locations, all in East Tennessee, three in Sevier County, and, of course, their location in Knoxville, in West Knoxville, uh, just down from Westtown Mall there across from Trader Joe's on Kingston Pike. That is Smoky Mountain Organics. With Rob Lewis and Austin Price, plenty of questions to get to in this edition of the Mailbag Podcast, and we'll go right out of the gate with Shelby R14 AP, what happened with the DB from MTSU? I know he was in for a visit during spring. Did Tennessee pass? Did he pass, or was that mutual? Um, I mean, at bare minimum, it was mutual. I don't. I think Tennessee they were okay with him, but it, again, right now they're trying to add bodies that they feel like can help them, um, and I'll just take bodies just to have depth, um, unless they are a one-year guy and where they're thin at a position and it would not hurt them with their numbers for the 2023 class. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of where they're at right now. You know, it's got to be a real dude unless it's a one-year guy, and then they might just take uh, some depth-type pieces. Yeah, because they're under the 85. They're not going to be up against that number there, but they don't want to take away from the 23 class Unless, as you mentioned, it's a guy that they think can be a real difference maker for them over yeah. multiple years. Uh, CL DeMarcus wants to know: Is NIL going to be the downfall of Rick Barnes? Rob Lewis, I, I don't. I think downfall is too hard. I don't think anybody knows where the downfall is. Is Rick Barnes? Does he love NIL? No, I mean he's a sweat equity coach. I don't think there. I think there's some things that he's uncomfortable with with the concept of NIL, but I don't think it's a fair narrative to suggest that he's just blocking any NIL talk or any NIL life. At least that's my viewpoint. I mean, he, it, to me, here's here's his viewpoint. And, and talking with him and, and seeing how things happen, he's got no problem with guys making money off their NIL. None. I mean, I think, he's, I think he likes it. But the problem he has is – handed a huge and I again I'm this is from this is my opinion the problem I think he has is handing a huge NIL deal to a kid who's an 18 year old senior in high school that's never been through a practice never helped Tennessee win a game never been through an offseason program never been part of the culture I don't think if somebody were to give Josiah James two million dollars I think Rick Barnes would be totally fine with that if somebody wanted to give Santiago Vescovi a million bucks I think he'd be totally fine with that I think what he has a hard time with and again, this is my opinion. It, I think what he has a hard time with is the notion of someone who's never done a day of work inside this program landing a huge deal when specifically more than any of the guys who are going to be his teammates. Again, that's my opinion. But before we go any further, Rob, what would the money line be on the word parlay for the Volquist podcast on sweat equity being tossed out? Because I mean, like when Hub said it, I was like, whoa. It's a common phrase, man. It's out there in the NIL world. Um, Austin, don't you agree, though, that that for Rick Barnes, his biggest concern is the locker room when you're dealing with, you know, only 12 or 13 guys 
that, that you do have some equality. I'm using a different word there. Sorry if you put that one in the parlay as well. That 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 you have some equality where you're not. We're we're guys who have helped build your program up, are not not ignored to the point that a guy coming in is getting. Don't, don't you think that's a big part of this as well? Well, I think for right now it's a it's a it's it's a certain fact. I don't know if it's problem. It's a certain factor for a lot of college coaches in all sports because right now you went from you know your current team is pretty much pre nil. So unless they got a little under the table, they got nothing. To all of a sudden wild wild west. And so, you know, I think three years from now, it's a different feel because most everybody has gotten a little bit of something, you know, coming out, maybe more than maybe some more than others. But right now you're going from like, you know, this group that has nothing to a group that is clamoring for every dime and penny they can get. Rob, do you think it's different? Do you think it'll be different? Not just for Rick Barnes, but do you agree with that? That that it's yeah. That, that once you once you get everybody in your program that's been through the NIL process as a high school senior, that it changes some of those concerns. Yeah, I think it's like anything else. Over once once it's been in place for a while, it just becomes the new normal. I mean, I mean, I, I mean anything like anything in life. I mean, got, I mean, Hubbard growing up, could you have imagined that the SEC would have you know two seven team divisions or, or getting ready to have two? You know, get ready to have 20 teams and, you know, you know, Arkansas. I mean, you know, this is just, it's, it's an apples and oranges example. When I was talking about something that was unthinkable, you know, when we were kids or when we were teenagers, that, you know, Arkansas and South Carolina would be part of the SEC. Missouri would be part of the SEC. Texas A&M would be part of the SEC. I mean, that's, that stuff's just normal now. I mean. It's and, like my, it's like my commitment videos, Rob. Not everybody likes them, but you eventually get to the new normal. <laughs> Or, I mean, just anything with money, anything with salary. I mean, like, you ever imagine, you know, college football coaches making what they make or, you know, if, if you want to make it financial, I mean, just it, it will it will all it will all it will all be normal in a, in a few years. Unless the NCAA suddenly finds a way to stop it, which they're not going to, even though all that narrative and all that talk's been out there this week. It is not going to that toothpaste is not going back in the tube. Um but regardless of whatever anybody wants to think that they well, can do, because what, the, the, the story from SI that came out, it, it's gonna, like what they're trying to do is going to violate like state laws in 30 states. Like it's not going to work. So like, again, people can bellyache and, and, and everything. And I'm sure there'll be tweaks. Okay. I'm not, you know, I, I think they'll find ways to tweak it, but to think that all of a sudden you're going to just shut all this down. is just to me, you know, tomfoolery. Yeah, when, that in the word part yeah. when when it went to the courts, Rob Lewis, it it, it took it took it out of the the NCAA's hands, and I don't, oh, I don't yeah, they're not going to get it back when, when that thing went to the courts. Totally agree. Yeah, just 100%. not going to happen. Yeah, not going to happen. All right, Pine Mountain Vault. Can you discuss the options in the secondary and what position battles might be going into camp? Uh, do you see Burrell, McCullough, and Flowers locked in and starting role somewhere? Let's start with those two for him. Um, and, until I see otherwise, I'm going to roll with 22 and one as the starting safeties, and and, and we'll we'll make this staff prove me wrong. I, it, coaches are just creatures of habit, and they roll with these experienced guys. That you know, I just maybe I'll be wrong, maybe I'll be shocked, but time and time again, we've seen you know those type players, you know, end up just still, you know, kind of finding their way into their starting roles. What, Rob, what position battles? I mean, I, I think we both tend to agree with what Austin says until 
until Willie Martinez is not comfortable with, with those two for whatever reason, I, I'm I'm with I'm with Austin 100. percent I think you are as well. What what position battles do intrigue you in the secondary going into fall camp? I don't know if it's much of position battles, but where do guys end up? I mean, where is I mean, where what is what Christian Harris is a full time what? You know, Brandon Turnage or Camille Hudden, they're a full-time what? I mean, are, are all those guys nickels? I mean, that seems to be a waste of, you know, some pretty good athletes if you're jamming all – and I don't think Tennessee will do that. I mean, can any of those guys play corner? Well, and, somebody's going to have to. And, <laughs> I mean, where do, where do they end up? So, I think it's – rather than position battles, it's just like who who is actually – you know, play in this position. Who, you know, what what are the bodies competing for that position? You know, Turnage, Hayden, Harris, Deshaun Rucker. I mean, where where are those dudes? I mean, where do they um just who is actually a safety? Who is actually a corner? And I mean, I'm I'm with AP. I mean, how many times have we seen it over the years? Over I mean, did great. I mean, just to, to get Eric Berry on the field, they started in in a nickel defense, didn't they? So, yes. so he wouldn't have to. So, so they wouldn't have to take Gerard Parrish out of out of the starting lineup. And 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 Eric came off the field after play one, and it took him till November to play Aaron Sears on the offensive line uh, as a freshman. So the, the, those list of those things have happened. Hey, two words, Mark Levine. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> well said, AP. That one that is done there. I, I'm I'm with you, uh, Rob. I think it's a like where's Christian Charles? Is he a corner? Is he a nickel? Is he a safety? Well, I say where, Christian where Harris. Those? I mean, th- those guys are going to be, um, you know, that that's the unknowns. Is where do those guys play? Is Turnage a corner? Is he a nickel guy? Uh, because they didn't go through spring, so many of them didn't go through spring. They move guys to different spots, like like Flowers at at nickel. W- what does that look like when you get into camp? Um, th- those are more than the position battles. I think you're right. It's it's who's at what position to even battle with uh, when fall camp starts. I heart Vols. What was your biggest surprise in the NFL draft for the Vols? Anybody taking anything other than Theo Jackson getting drafted? I, I mean, I was a little surprised a lot they went that high. I guess, I guess you could maybe say not when you know because of the number he ran at the combine. But um, yeah, I mean, other than, that's the only thing that would probably come close. Yeah, I mean. I just think that's the number five. So you, it, it, they all add up together. I mean, like the most they've had since 2017. If you take that year, that's the most they've had since 2007. Why do you think Cade went as low as he went is the other question he asked. I mean, I'm, I, I would venture to say the ankle, the medical, you know, the medical side of things. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I and I mean, you know, go, he, well, he's a guard, you know, I mean, like he's not tackling the NFL, you know, he's a guard. I, if he'll buy into being center, I think he'll play a long time because I think that's – I think he's athletic enough to do it. He can do it. He's powerful. It's yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not an outside guy, and they're going to take tackles before they take guards always. And I don't think the medical thing helped him either with the ankle. Uh, Megavol 98, while the defense was good on a per-play basis last season, they were terrible at getting off the field on third downs. Why was this the case? What needs to happen to improve third down defense next season? Rob Lewis? Better players. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the easy answer for me is pass rush. I mean, yes, that sir. Doesn't, that doesn't address short yardage, which I don't. I mean, I don't think Tessie was awful at, but they weren't great. But I mean, pass rush. I mean, get, get to the quarterback without having to bring the house helps you get off the field on third down. How, how much does Tyler Barron improve? How much right. does Byron Young improve? What Roman can either freshman give you? You know, I mean, like that's throwing a lot on those guys who aren't going to arrive till the summertime. But can they give you 
six snaps a game that spells some of those guys to keep them fresher longer. 10, uh, 10 Ken, 1985, biggest news you had ready to go in the hopper that never happened. Oh, God, I don't know. I'd have to think. These are, again, like, we need to have questions and to give me time to think. Like this on the fly <laughs> stuff, like I, you know, like somebody asked like the longest one, and I was like, it wasn't a video, but it was a written piece. It was David Oku. It was like four months. He was ready to go, then he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and then he, you know, pulled the trigger. Well, Hubbard had a Jeremy Pruitt has been let go out of in, in in the holster for for quite some time. Yeah, that was just because you had to be ready. That's just preparation. That was, that was, the, the, you know, I had um, uh, I wrote Kevin Steele was coming, and it ended up not happening. I wrote that story and published it. He didn't get on the airplane. Um, he got a call and said, "You can't come because uh, administration said no. That's not who they wanted to go." Uh, with a defensive coordinator, and they ended up going with South and Siri. We know how that one worked out. Uh, but the plane was on its way. I know the plane and everything was on its way. Kevin was at the airport and um, was told not to get on the airplane because there wasn't a deal for him at Tennessee. That's not one that I held. That was one that I wrote that turned out being wrong. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and think. Probably a recruiting deal because we've all written recruiting commitment stories and ended up not being not being guys that, that ended up being on staff uh, or being on the roster when it was all said and done. Um, Anthron, UT is UT going to get involved with any of the what seems like a hundred players that Arizona State is losing? AP. I mean, they tried to get they tried to get in play with Omar Norman Lot, but that that ended up you know he he decided to stay. Uh, camp season starts with a Thursday game that'll start two days ahead. Uh, unlike Nebraska, who will open their fall camp in July because they're going across the pond to play the Big Ten opener uh, in Ireland. But Tennessee will open right around the 1st of August. I don't know the exact date, but it'll be right around August 1st because it's a Thursday night game. They'll get two days back. Uh, it's back two days to open up their camp. Uh, Rob, any international names showing up on the basketball radar? No. Good luck, good luck finding those, right? Yeah, good luck. Good, I mean, I, I I anticipate we'll see some, but as far as you know, individual names, no, I don't. I don't have. I any think we should send Rob off. backpacking through Europe <laughs> in search of the next Vescovy, the next Eurosplavic. <laughs> that'd, that'd be worth the plane ticket. If he calls himself Ken Adams, then we've got real problems. Uh, there'll be a few pop culture people recognize that reference at some point in time. All right. Uh, considering the return trip from Roderick Robinson, do you think he may be the most realistic running back Tennessee is targeting? Um, I mean, I think that's possible. Um, you know, again, he's a military kid, so he's he lives out there. But technically, I think he was supposed to end up in Nashville at some point. So, I mean, like his mom lives in South Carolina. Um, dad's out in San Diego, um, which is where he's at. And so, you know, him coming in this weekend is, you know, a nice um, a nice gift for Tennessee. So, we'll see. I mean, he's a bigger back. You know, he's more of a you know, bowling ball, boulder kind of guy. And, you know, yeah, again, unless they – you know, even if Tennessee ends up talking more to the kid from Sam Houston State, we'll see what happens there. Um, he's a one-year guy, so he doesn't count. You know, so, like, you know, if they had taken the kid from Minnesota, they would probably only have taken one prep back. Whereas, you know, if they take the kid from Sam Houston State, I still think they're taking two prep backs. In the 23 class. Mm-hmm. Uh, M, M. Hogue uh, wants to know, will there be any commitments coming out of the big Memorial Day weekend on campus? Here's a question. Here's a question for you, Austin. 
last kid to commit kind of spur of the moment that didn't have a planned date to release it on Instagram or Twitter or didn't have a date around somebody's birthday. I mean, who's the last guy that just popped on a, on a weekend visit? Daryl Jackson. Is it really? Uh, I think so. I mean, it, you know, that was like, you know, he come off that elevator and we're like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is he sure a take? <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't happen. It, I mean, unless somebody's got something yeah, like, planned, it just doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, I mean, this isn't 1997. Like, it just doesn't happen anymore. Like, I mean, like, you know, I mean, it like, so like, who do you get out of that weekend? I'm sure you get a few of them, but it ain't going to happen that weekend. Right. You know? Yeah. They all, they all do their, they all do an event. They may not all do them, Rob, at the podium with hats in front of them, but they've all got a plan. For, for their committee video, video or whatever. Graphic. What time we're putting it out on Instagram. Yep. All of yeah. those things. Uh, Judd eight, six, five. Do you think that the rumor new uniforms will still be black or do you think they'll go back to gray? I'm going to, I'm going to say gray on the new alternative uniform. That's my opinion. I have no <laughs> reason to believe that. Uh, I mean, I've no, nobody's told me that, but I think they're going to go back to gray. I'm going to go gray. And I think the helmet will be chrome. Ooh, a chrome helmet. I'm going to go gray helmet with a gray uni. No chrome. What do you got? Black or gray, Rob Lewis? Uh, I mean, I, I don't mean to be little. I have a hard time getting fired up about the uniforms. I know you do. I'm gray. I'll go gray. You you want you want creams like the baseball team? I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not one of these people that gets upset about it. But at the other end of the spectrum, I also do not have a whole lot of excitement. I, I mean, if they wear black, that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, Vol in LA, uh, was Yuri Collins moved on from St. Louis pressure of tampering? I'm in the dark as to why he was not moved hard on by Tennessee likely would have started here. I think there's a lot of guys who likely would start here. That doesn't mean that they're going to get those guys. I don't have any, I don't know why Yuri Collins decided to, I mean, he obviously wanted to go in the draft, didn't like where he was at. Um, but Rob, I don't know why he's back at St. Louis. I mean, no, I mean, I, I never covered I him as a recruit. Just, yeah. So I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, volunteer to 87. There is there no bigs in the portal or is Rick just not pursuing any of those with any kind of success? Seems we've been getting, uh, we've been in the running for quite a few guards, but not many bigs. Yeah. I mean, there just aren't that many bigs in the portal. You can go look and there's just not, not a lot of uh, attractive guys out there. I mean, Tennessee has, you know, made, made some, in, some inquiries about some dudes and that the lack of real quality, in bigs in the in the post for the past month or so is one of the reasons I've been saying that I believe you'll you'll see an international guy we've never heard of pop up at, if not on the roster at least as a target or two. With the game with the with the way the game is right now, Rob, with with summer AAU stuff and development, are, are there fewer bigs out there than there was 15, 20 years ago? I mean, is it yeah, I mean, is I, it all guard heavy? I mean, all these AAU teams are basically playing four or five guards. I mean, I, stuff. Well, kids, you know, kids watch the NBA and those are the, you know, you see Luka Doncic is what, six foot 10, 230, 240 pounds. He's not playing with his back to the basket. Um, you know, DeAndre Iden maybe is close to, you know, a traditional big that, that you'll see up there that as far as a, you know, a starting five big time player. And he's, you know, he's a shot blocker and a rib protector, but he's also a, you know, runner and, you know, he's hitting the mid range, the mid range shots. I mean, 
Just, Carl Anthony Towns won the three-point competition. Yeah, that's a great AP. That's a great example. I mean, and, you know, Anthony Davis is the most dominant defensive player I've seen in college basketball in terms of playing in the paint, and you know, he he does everything in the and NBA. And it's why Oscar is coming back to Kentucky and not going yeah, to the that's NBA a, draft. That's a great. That's a great way of putting it, Hubbard. Uh, just start, there's aren't that many traditional bigs. The guy, you know, I mean, I don't want to say Kevin Durant and those guys have, have ruined, but but what's you know what's it sexier to think about being Kevin Durant or you know Robert Parrish? Yeah, it's just the last game. the last traditional big Fordish center guy in the NBA, Udonis Haslam, knocks down that fifteen footer, plays two minutes a game for the. <laughs> Uh, I know there can be a fine line between a fun home field advantage and being rude and disrespectful to individuals, but have you personally witnessed what some of the individuals, specifically Auburn fans, are claiming this season at baseball games in terms of fans being disrespectful? No, when I've been there, I've been on the porch, and I've not heard anybody say a crossword about anything. Me and AP don't sit with the public. We we sit back on on the porch when we go. But I I will say this, nothing that any SEC player would – said he encountered in an opposing fan base would surprise me. Yeah, I don't think that the notion that, that Tennessee Tennessee's fans booed the injured Auburn players last weekend. I, I mean, I, I'm watched, I was watching it on, on TV. I didn't hear that. I, I didn't hear a bunch. Well, I saw the booing, but it was not the booing because of the injury. It was the booing because the, the umpire sat there and let them throw 44 warm-up pitches, you know, trying to see if they could give it a go. And it was right. like, okay, enough's enough. Either he can pitch or he can't, Right. you know. Um, so it is what it is, man. I mean, when you're having success, people are going to try to drag you down one way or the other. And that's just the facts. And Rob's right. There's a reason the moniker is it just means more, uh, because that's not just to athletic department budgets. That's to the mentality that everybody has out there as fans in this league and all sports. Um, is our baseball team one of the most ridiculously dominant, talented teams you've ever seen, maybe in any collegiate sport? I mean, yeah, they're good. I mean, they're, they're, they're dominant, you know. But, I mean, like, you know, Arkansas was dominant a year ago. They didn't make it to Omaha. So, I mean, like, you still get a lot of hate, you know. To, uh, it's a long ways to the haze in the barn for sure. Yeah. But they, I mean, look, they've been consistently as good as you've seen um, any baseball team. I, I don't think you can compare it, Rob, to other sports. I mean, I, I just – I mean, I don't. I mean – I'm with you. I, I just think it's hard because there's – and that's not a knock on baseball. I think I think baseball, in a lot of ways, is 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 a harder sport than basketball, you know, and and is a different challenge than football. I don't know that you can compare it across the spectrum, but um, I, I I wouldn't get into comparisons. I would just enjoy the fact that this team's, you know, rolling through the regular season, number one in the country, and then we'll see what happens when they get to postseason play when it gets really uh, a different type challenge and a different mentality takes place there. But this team certainly seems to be uh, built for it for for sure. Um, what player in the secondary has the highest upside? Christian Charles? Brandon yeah. Thomas? No, I would go Christian Charles because he can play multiple spots. And I also think you don't know what his ceiling is because he didn't, much like Alante, he, I don't think he played a lot of defense. Yeah, as a high school quarterback. Yeah. And a guy who got hurt last year as he was starting to come on. So I'd probably go Christian Charles. That's probably the easiest answer there. Um Lloyd Valls, while players have always been paid under the table, do you think UT and other big schools with administrations that were not supportive lacks in the recruiting gray areas 
are benefiting more from NIL. Seems like we struggled to compete on the shady front with our competitors who knew the NCAA would never come down on them beyond a hand slap. Tennessee struggled to compete the last 15 years because they've had five coaches and they've had five athletic directors and they've had three or four chancellors and three or four presidents and 67 strength coaches and more, more assistant coaches than anybody could ever count uh, or ever want to count. Um, that, that's where the, ten, that's where the Tennessee struggles have been. That's just been the complete and utter um, inconsistencies in all those positions that have made things challenging for, for Tennessee while other people in the state or in, in, college football in the SEC have been more um, stable and not had the type of turnover. Yes, there's been other coaching changes, but nobody's had as many as Tennessee's. Look, it's catching up to Florida, right? Look where Florida's at right now. What's Florida's problem? Florida's problem is because that they went Michael Wayne, then they in, then you went Mullen, and now you're here. I mean, that's too much turnover in too short a period of time. Um, and that's where Tennessee has been for way too long. And that's been Tennessee's biggest struggles. Uh, Central Florida Vol, now that Brew and Turntown are in the boat, where does Tennessee turn in the portal, or are they done? Could you see them taking the receiver from UCF? Also, is there any traction from the Arizona State lineman? You've already talked about that. What about uh, other portal guys, uh, AP, and the wide receiver from UCF? Yeah, I think they would uh, – I mean, I need to bring them in this weekend. Um, you know, I don't you know, think – you know, I think you go give, give him a hard look is the best way to put it. Because I mean, I don't think you're not going to take every kid you bring in. That's not right. Um, but like, I think they want to, you know, talk to him, see what he has to say. I think obviously they feel like that his talent would would help the the wide receiving core. Um, you know, and then again, we'll see what they do with the Sam Houston running back. You know, do they do they get him to campus or don't they? Um, and then outside of that, you know. Uh, Again, I just think it depends on the right fit. They're not just taking a body to take a body, in my opinion. And if you do, it better be a one-year guy or that's just not smart. Rob, Rob, they've got to have some more numbers at the receiver spot. I mean, look, I I, I know that you you like Holiday and and like Callaway and Hyatt, what they did in the spring, and you've got those freshmen in, and and maybe you feel comfortable, maybe you don't think they're ready. But you're going to have a hard time getting through a second straight season being solely dependent on three guys. I mean, Cedric Tillman played – almost 800 snaps last year, 700 snaps for Javante Payton and Bayless Jones. Um, you didn't have an ankle sprain. You didn't have a tender shoulder. You, you didn't have a whole lot to shut anybody down. I mean, they, they, they need some more guys that they're comfortable with that are ready to play to go and help Hendon Hooker. I mean, you can't just roll with three and get away with that two straight years, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think Cedric Tillman gives you a little bit of a false sense of security out there because, I mean, you get much past that. I mean, Jalen Hyatt's played some. He's made some plays. And there is just really – I mean, there's there's nothing else out there in terms of guys who are proven. I mean, you get past Hyatt, who do you think's played the most snaps? Uh, or maybe, I mean, Walker Merrill, Callaway before he got shut down. I mean, it gets – I guess from Ramel Keaton over the course of three years maybe. Yeah, but it just falls off a cliff. Yeah, it gets, it gets really, really thin. I yeah, mean, like, it just – it, it, it straight falls off a cliff. It's not even comparable uh, for, for sure. Um, so, yeah, you're right. There's a little bit of a fall. I mean, you've got you've got one guy back who's proven, and that's it. And so you got to get some people there. That, and I think that's why the UCF guy is intriguing because he knows your system. I mean, he's a he would be a plug-and-play guy 
um, potentially for you because he, he would know how to, how to come in and, and play at the pace you need to play and understand all your language and all those things as well. All right, last two questions out the door. This is from Rocky Topster. Uh, if the Vols were to get Tate, who would be the second receiver that they would go after? Would it be Hyatt or someone else, AP? Um, I mean, Cameron Seldon, uh, Aiden Williams, um, they, they're, to me, the, the next couple after um, Carnell Tate. And then uh, Jawan Mitchell transferring or staying, he remains on this football team. Yeah, I mean, I don't see him going anywhere. Where's he going to go? Yeah, and, of course, the deadline has passed now, and he's not in, in at this point. So he uh, will should be here this fall. Uh, we'll be here this fall. We'll see how healthy he gets and whether or not he can be a contributor or a factor uh, for Tennessee in the linebacker rotation. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Smoky Mountain Organics VolQuest.com mailbag podcast. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday. You've been listening to the VolQuest mailbag podcast every week right here on VolQuest. Thank you.